The Cannabis Conversation. A European perspective on the emerging legal cannabis industry. Welcome to the Cannabis Conversation, where we explore the new legal cannabis industry by speaking to the professionals that are helping to shape it. On today's show, we're talking about how to build a CBD brand with a great guy called Sal Noble. We've been talking a lot about diversity in the last few weeks, and Sal is a great example of a young Asian entrepreneur who comes from a retail background rather than science or like myself, an ex-lawyer or banker or something like that. Sal cut his teeth in the vape industry, actually, so he's bringing some useful analogies from that sector um, over to CBD. Sal is also behind an event called the Europe CBD Expo, which is at Excel in July, Excel in London, that is, and we'll be talking a bit about that in the show. Enjoy. Today, we've got Sal Noble on the show, and Sal is going to help us understand how to build a CBD brand. Sal has extensive experience in the CBD space and has set up a consultancy called the London CBD Group, which looks after business consultancy, but also puts on events. And they've got a great event called the European CBD Expo, which is coming up in July. Sal is a great person to have on because he has been helping lots of entrepreneurial businesses in this space. Welcome, Sal. Thank you for having me, Anuj. No worries, no worries. How's it all going? Things are going great. We're getting closer to Europe CBD Expo, about seven, eight weeks away. So it's ramping up in the office. But yeah, things are going well. We'll come on to that in a minute. But I suppose let's just talk about what the London CBD Group does and how you kind of help in this area. So London CBD Group, we've just rebranded to London Canner Group very recently. Most of our operations are based on consulting. We consult marketing, PR, market analysis reports, We help people enter the market. So, for example, companies such as pharmacies, vape shops who are looking to integrate CBD products into their existing sales channels, we come in, we help them do that. And another big part of our operations is obviously the events, organizing events, which is Europe CBD Expo. And yeah, that's that's what we do in a nutshell. Cool. So that's brilliant. You've got a really holistic view of what's going on in the CBD world. Yeah, we do because... You know, we serve such a wide range of services. We come across all sorts of companies, all the way up from medical cannabis companies down to someone starting their CBD brand from online business or home business. Cool, cool, nice one. So let's get a bit more into this whole idea about the CBD brand. So, you know, there's lots of different products out there. There's, it's really new kind of, let's call it a supplement for the moment. It's a new supplement that everyone's kind of learning about and getting excited about. And obviously that gives space for lots of different brands to try and come with their own angle. What What's your kind of experience of this? What, what, are you, what are you seeing about the new kind of CBD customer? And what is that sort of helping your advice to new businesses? So the industry is very young. So my previous experience was in vaping. So I've seen how fast vaping grew and now I'm seeing how fast CBD is growing. So one thing that brands need to understand is customers have near enough no knowledge when you look at the grand scheme of things. A lot of them don't understand how CBD works. A lot of them confuse it with general cannabis products that would contain THC. And they need that information gap filled for them to be able to purchase. What I see a lot of CBD brands struggling with is getting the right message out, especially when it comes to marketing, whether that's digital marketing or, you know, physical marketing in store. 
that's one of the biggest obstacles. As you know yourself, well, as most people know, paid advertising for CBD such as Facebook, Instagram, YouTube is prohibited. Some people do manage to do it, but it gets taken down. And that's a big, big obstacle because now all you have to do to be able to get your brand out there is engage, which is good because you should be engaging. However, it does make any marketing team in the CBD industry life a lot more difficult. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So what are the ways around? I mean, if you can't market, that's or you can't market paid on, marketing on those. Like, yeah, for exactly. example, like paid ads. Okay. And, so if you can't use paid marketing on those platforms, what's what are the ways that people are getting around it? Well, it's good because it gives everyone a level playing field. It means that you can't just come in with a lump of money and you know, pump out the marketing. So that is probably one of the reasons why you see smaller CBD brands sometimes having a bigger influence or a bigger customer reach than some of the bigger brands, which is all coming down to engagement, how they're providing information through their cha- social media channels. It goes back down to the basics from just replying to your consumers and telling them, you know, what they need to know. So, okay, so it's so leveraging social. Can you use any kind of paid marketing not on those platforms or? Yeah, of course. There are some companies that I've seen that are doing Google ads. I've heard of, it's a very mixed review I'm getting back. Some people are getting away with it. Some people are coming back to me saying, Sal, we've put it up for one day, then Google have taken it down. Obviously, YouTube is the same as Google as well. So Facebook and Instagram is the same. So I've seen people get away with putting an ad on Instagram for literally 20 minutes and <laughs> it gets taken down okay. or sometimes it doesn't even get approved in the first place because right. as far as last time I've checked you know Instagram they like to check your adverts before even letting it publish yeah so that that's that is the biggest obstacle right and I suppose it's still quite young that more print and TV type advertising is that is that have the same sort of level of regulation or is it just really it's, expensive um yeah it's a lot more expensive it's usually harder to track however the brands and the companies that i see doing the best in terms of marketing and engagement are the ones that are in physical stores rather than just online there's a few brands that have done this quite well through their distribution channels and you know through their active marketing support that they're given to shops so for example i'll give you a very good example if you, you can look at a vape shop they're, they're used to selling specialized products they've sold vapes for god knows how many years and to sell a vape you have to talk to a customer and you have to really show them how to use it what happens and you know what the best choices of accessories or e-liquids are for that specific vape device cbd's almost the same thing it's a specialized product you have to inform the customer on how to use it, etc. Of course, we can't make medical claims, which is the biggest obstacle as well when talking. However, print material, from our, well, from our consumer research, we've noticed that print material is a lot more effective compared to other products, like, you know, if you saw cosmetics or foods. And that is because when they're in the store, mm-hmm. the consumer's already curious about CBD products. You know, m- most of them associate with general cannabis that has THC in it yeah so that already creates some sort of curiosity and then from there they may not buy first time they see it in the store however they will ask about it and that's when you know a sales assistant will be able to provide information as well as provide printed material which they can now take home and do their own research and that is important because you can't make medical claims yeah so I've been there myself when I did work in my own vape shop uh, vape stores that happened as well. And we saw, as soon as you mention and you start explaining to them, oh, you know, the difference that CBD is non-psychoactive, THC is psychoactive, CBD is not, you know, not a controlled substance, THC is, 
as soon as you start explaining that to them, their mind opens up. And mm. sometimes you can go on such a, you can give them such a story that you almost sound like a conspiracy theorist <laughs> because it's just too good to be true. And yeah. anyone that works in the CBD industry probably can relate to that. Yeah. You know, when you're trying to explain it to your family and friends or even customers, you end up sounding a bit, a bit crazy because well, it's so evan- evangelical kind of. Yeah, because it's, it's and it's true. You're not, you don't have to lie to them for it to sound crazy. It's, yeah. it's all true. So. When that happens and you provide them something with additional print material, that's the moment when they can go home, they have that print material, they can start typing in Google, you know, what is CBD? And then, you know, you go into a whole frenzy of articles and research that you can find. Yeah, really interesting. There's a few things I want to pick up on there. The first one is, you know, in a digital age, it's very nice to hear that people like interacting with other humans (laughs) on a personal level. But I get it because I suppose... Because the level of knowledge is so low, yep. you've got lots of questions. And that if there's it. a real human there that you can ask these questions to, and then as you pointed out, it's probably a bit of a fear factor because I don't want to get stoned. I don't, of you course. Know, you know, that, the, that thing. It's the same, um, you know, I hate having to keep going back to vaping, but it's, it's a very good comparison. Vaping was the same. When it first started in 2012, we've seen vape shops pop up from 2012. And now if you look at it, most vape shops I speak to and from our business research, we've noticed that vape shops are not making as much physically in store because the customers are starting to go online. They already know about vaping now. They don't need to go into a store to talk to you and find out what the best product is or the best liquid is. And I feel like a similar trend will happen with CBD. Right. Obviously, it might happen a lot differently. Certain things like you know the availability of medical cannabis might bring it more to the spotlight. You know, if recreational cannabis ever becomes available, that will also bring it to the spotlight. That might accelerate it. However, CBD is at that point now where consumers need to come and speak to someone mm. physically in a store, whether that be a vape shop, health food shop, pharmacy. You know, that, that's that's very important at the moment. And I think it's going to be like that. Well, for my assumptions, I believe it will be like that for at least another at least another year or two. Yeah. And then once they once they buy the product in store, then yeah, they might go and buy it online. But they will only make that step once they know exactly how much CBD they need and what's working for them. Yeah, because that's the biggest part with CBD. It takes consumers about at least a month to three months to actually realize how much CBD they need. Yes. Yeah. yeah. But um, try testing the out. Dosage, yeah, yeah. And, and obviously like different ways of using it, like oils or vaping, yeah. or capsules, etc. Yeah. Very interesting. So I guess it's kind of like the the stage of the development of CBD yes, is, is where there's like frontline education is needed in terms of how you're being sold it and what you need to look out for. And yes, like and brands need to understand this because a lot of brands that are, you know, that are being born at the moment in CBD, some of them are coming from big, big backgrounds, you know. Some of them are coming from vaping. Some of them are coming from the cosmetic industry, food industry, and they've realised, you know, CBD's booming now. Let's get it. Let's, let's channel ourselves into the CBD market. But what they need to understand is this isn't like any other market. You can't just come in and hope you're going to sell. It's not, it's not that type of thing. Yes, it might be if you're selling, you know, something with minimal CBD, like CBD tea or CBD coffee, you know, from a cafe space or mm. et cetera. But if you're selling something that's high value, that's got, you know, decent CBD content, 100 mg or above, you're not going to just come out there. It's not going to sell itself. People aren't going to spend 20, 30 pounds just to, just to have a bit of, you know, try their luck to yeah. see if something works. It, it, it's not going to work like that, right. especially while, there's not enough CBD users. Obviously, it has been growing in the last, you know, one to two years. But 
there still isn't enough where word of mouth is being able to educate people. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's the step that vaping made. Vaping got to that stage in about 2016, 2017, right. where I could literally tell you about my vape and say, you know, this is what you need, this is what you need. And that'll be enough information for you to go out and buy it. Right. CBD is not there yet. Right. And it can't be because obviously everyone's different. Everyone takes CBD completely differently. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Everyone needs different dosages, you know. So I've seen some people only use 10 mg a day and it's making their life completely different. I've seen some people that need to use 100 mg a day, otherwise they don't get nothing from it. Yeah, so, yeah, yeah, yeah. And, and that's not always just based on male or female or bigger or smaller. It's just down to the individual. Yeah. The bit that I, the other bit I wanted to pick up on was when you referred to the restrictions around being able to make medical claims. Can you talk a bit more about that? So, obviously, it's clear. Everyone knows we can't make medical claims when trying to sell CBD or when, you know, creating our marketing material. The way we get around this, we, we've been selling CBD in our vape channels for since about 2017. And it was very hard for people to, well, for the sales assistants to sell CBD without making medical claims. And the best way for us to do it was show them the research. You know, we had iPads in store which had the Safari browser on with all the tabs open, about 20 different tabs, you know, pointing to research articles. And we used to give them a notepad and say, if you want, you can write notes and take it home with you. Sure. And then you can research it in your own time. And you have to be careful because, you know, you have trade... If you're a health shop or pharmacy or vape shop, you're going to have trading standards mm-hmm. watching you because just because of the general products you sell anyways, yeah. let alone selling CBD products. And that's why you need to be really careful. Yeah. And I suppose it's no different to kind of any other type of supplements that you get. Into. I guess so, yeah. For most, for all supplements, yeah, you don't, you can't make medical claims unless it's an approved medicine. Yeah. The reason why some people get confused about this is because you have medical, well, you have supplements that contain ingredients that have evidence of medical benefits. So you can you can say what they are. For example, you might find products in Holland and Barrett where they're, or you know, what's one of the good brands? Um, I think it's called Roman or Wellcare. Yeah. Yeah, what they do instead is they would put the brand and they would name it after a benefit. For example, relax or wellman or feel well, etc. Yeah, and that's pretty much the borderline of how far you can right, go. Right, right, and right, even right. that sometimes you have to be pretty ballsy to do because yeah. you, you know you can you may end up getting a letter through the door. But people are doing it. And I don't blame them at the end of the day because. <laughs> It's hard. How do we not tell people about such an amazing about CBD and cannabis in general? Yeah, without being able to say the medical claims. And so it slightly feeds into a different point on that because one of the things that I've sort of learned about is there's a lot of anecdotal evidence, but that the kind of proper strict, thorough research is still kind of happening at the moment because we're because yeah, of prohibition. Correct. Yeah. There's, you know, there was not allowed to be a huge amount of research. So that we're playing catch up in that. So, yeah, but I feel almost like we're playing catch up for no reason. Again, flows into how research generally gets funded. Of course. Often by pharmaceutical companies who who kind of want to sell a drug at the end of the day. And so if they're, and, and, you know, from previous shows, we've learned that pharmaceutical companies are, kind of waiting to see what happens in this space before they probably start funding these big um, bits well, of research. Well, credit goes to some of the med- some of the medical cannabis companies that are actually pumping their own money into the research. Mm. I don't know how much support they're getting from... I haven't spoken to them directly, but 
I'm assuming some of them will be getting support from their governments. Some of them won't be. Some of them will be doing it completely independent. But that's what it's going to take. It's going to take yeah. private money to to get this really going. Yeah. And I have no clue why some governments are slow to do it, to you know reacting to this. Obviously, there's the pharmaceutical companies, big pharma, etc. But it's it's one of them things. It's, yeah, it's there. Yeah. We all know it. Anyone that works in the industry, we know how good it is. Yeah. We we know how many benefits and medical medical benefits there are. Yeah, there's I mean yes, it's huge amounts of anecdotal evidence and there's often people that uh, who are just sort of we don't quite know why it's helping us, but it is helping us exactly. kind of thing. Well that kind of segues quite nicely into what you're doing at the European C B D Expo because that is also promoting the education yeah, of that is. CBD to, to a wider audience. Mm-hmm. Do, you to, do you want to talk a bit more about what's happening? So, yeah, there? Europe CBD Expo, um, I'll tell you what it is in a nutshell. It's a trade show and conference. It's a hybrid event. We've got 80 hand-picked exhibitors. Them exhibitors consist of CBD brands from food, cosmetics, um, general CBD products, vaping CBD products. Then we've also got analytical companies who provide the equipment for cannabis companies to do testing. We've got lab services, we have equipment manufacturers, packaging manufacturers, anything to do with cannabis, you know. And one thing I wanted to reiterate is it's not just covering CBD. The expo is called Europe CBD Expo, but we are covering medical cannabis also. Right, fantastic. Because, you know, we can't tackle this conversation unless we, you know, tackle medical cannabis Mm -hmm. in the first place. And on the other side of that is obviously the conference. The conference side is bringing expert speakers from around the world. We've got, I believe, about 40-plus speakers. We've got panels and keynotes. If you look at the agenda, you'll see that we're trying to cover the cannabis scope as much as possible from the business side, the regulation, but also a big focus on patient advocacy. Mm. So because we split it on two different days, we've got Friday, which is B2B, Saturday, which is B2B and B2C, open to consumers. The Saturday's got a lot more... The agenda is a lot more focused on patient advocacy, bringing research on medical cannabis to the people, explaining to them, let's say showcasing. We're showcasing cannabis to London. That's the best way of putting it. Really. Yeah. yeah. And to showcase that, we need to talk about medical cannabis as well as CBD. That's great. It's good that you're able to expand the remit to that level and yeah. and bring all these people together in the industry as well. That's I think it. it's... It is important because I talk to so many people from the medical cannabis industry as well as the CBD industry. And the industries are so far apart. You know, they're not plugged into each other at all. The medical cannabis guys don't always understand how CBD selling. They don't understand how the sales channels work. They don't understand the consumer behavior as much when it comes to, you know, the supplement side rather than the medicine. And same, the, the CBD brands and consumers have absolutely no clue about what's going on in the medical cannabis space. Mm-hmm. And what we're trying to build is build that connection. Yeah. Say, well, look, you're in the same industry. Yeah, you're in completely different sides of the industry, different types of products. However... You're in the same industry. Your conversation needs to be combined. Mm. Otherwise, we're never going to get anywhere. And that is the whole point of the expo, to bring that conversation to, to London. That's an excellent word, conversation. Well, obviously, <laughs> it's your podcast, isn't it? <laughs> um, but I've got to say, one of, the, one of the things that I feel quite lucky about is getting to meet people like yourself, but also meeting people in the medical space and meeting people in the hemp space. You know, I, I feel like I'm getting to know lots of these different yeah. people. And you're right. The thing I have noticed is, you know, they know a lot about their area and not necessarily linking out with the other bits. Which So anything that can promote that, I think, is really useful. Cause That's what we're just to learn from each yeah. other. Yeah, so... Obviously, you're going to have the ex- the exhibitors there who are some are going to be selling their brands. Some of the exhibitors are going to be purely non-commercial. 
They might only be providing information and informing the public. But what that what that means is that we've given a platform for consumers to engage with brands, mm. and we've been very careful with which brands we choose. You know, when a when a brand wants to sign up with us as an exhibitor, we don't just say, "Oh well, thank you for signing up." We ask for certain requirements. Mm. That is, you know to see their testing. We are also doing random product testing on some of the exhibitors' right. products to make sure that they become compliant for cannabinoids. So they actually said that they're actually, you know, selling a product that is got the right amount of cannabinoids than what than what they say is on the label, yeah. which we know is a big problem right now. Heavy metals and pesticides, that is another crucial thing that consumers have no clue about. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Most consumers don't really know about the testing side anyways, but we're looking after that for the consumer. Yeah. We don't expect our consumers to go on and check the testing for all of our exhibitors before they turn up and yeah. to make sure they're speaking to the right people. Yeah. We're doing that to make sure we have ethical and, and responsible brands. There. That's great. That's great. It's, I mean, really important. A few weeks ago, we had um, Hannah Skingle from Dragonfly on the show. Yeah. And they've obviously a high-quality seller of CBD. Yeah, Dragonfly are, are probably the, one of the benchmarks of what CBD yeah. brands should be like. Yeah. Know, they can provide the whole seat to shelf. I haven't seen many brands that can show what they can show. They can do that, yeah. And it's really good, I think, because it raises the bar, doesn't it? And of course, that's, that's what people. That's what everyone should be following. They should be able to show a seed to shelf as well as showing testing. A lot of brands that I know now, they're doing double or triple testing method, which means that they test it from when it comes out of the ground, they test it from when it's formulated, and then they test it again once it's packaged right. to make sure that it's not being contaminated in yeah, any, yeah. any part of the pro- manufacturing process. Yeah. In order for it to establish itself, it needs that kind of rigorous rubber stamping because, you know, otherwise you get unscrupulous people who are selling rubbish. And I think one of our, I can't remember which show it was, but someone said if it's, you know, if it's too good to be true, it probably is. It is true. And the reason we have that obstacle is because the supply chain for CBD is incestuous in terms of a lot of small, smaller brands are sometimes all white labeling of one big brand. Yeah, that's that's there's no problems with that. That's that's a good business model. If it works, it works. But the problem comes when all of them smaller brands are white labeling of a brand which don't necessarily have a product that meets yeah, meets the requirements yeah. basically. Yeah. And there's a lot of results that have come out. There's a lot of articles that have come out trying to name and shame brands, etc. It's not good to name and shame, for example, openly. I think what should happen is brands should take their own steps to show their transparency and show their, their products. If they don't, the, the consumer should understand that they shouldn't be buying from the brands. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Naming and shaming, it does... It, well, I won't say naming and shaming isn't good. It is good sometimes, obviously, if a brand is taking the absolute yeah. mick, obviously. Yeah. But other than that, consumers need to be informed on what to look out for, first yeah, of yeah, all. Yeah. But, um, okay, cool. So let's, if we can, just before as we, as we head to the end of it, talk a little bit about your backstory. So I think you've, you've mentioned a few times that you used to work in the vaping world. What were you doing before this and what? prompted you to move over to to focus on this sort of so before the vaping uh before i got into vaping i was a university student i finished uni about at 22 and at that point my brother launched noble vaping online we was running it from our home only at first funny enough i keep going on about customer engagement we actually built our whole business just off facebook engagement and that was through vaping communities on facebook at that point I was about to move into Europe, well, not into Europe, into into Amsterdam. 
at that point, I realised, you know, this vaping is really, really kicking off. Mm. I decided to stay. Me and my brother together both pushed the vaping side. We launched our first stores in Shoreditch about 2016. Right. And from there, that's how it led me to my CBD journey. Because in 2017, that's when we started integrating CBD products. In. So, yeah, there wasn't, there's not much history. It's literally university, noble vaping for three, four years. And... Now into CBD, and so was it? And was it through a vape shop where you were selling vape products? People were starting to introduce CBD products into the into those sort of product lines. Yeah, that's that's when I first started seeing CBD being introduced as e liquid only. Yeah, and from there, my curiosity and my, my passion about cannabis led me to going into it deeper, realizing that you know it's not just about CBD e liquid; it's about CBD being consumed in other ways. And that's what led us to London Canna Group. Right, great. And I guess it was, was it the kind of opportunity that drove it you? It was, you know what? It was more of solving the problem. Because last year around, mid, let's just say last, early last year, 2018, I realised I was having a lot of problems trying to source CBD products. I was going out there to suppliers saying, look, you know, I want to expand my CBD products in my, in my vape channels. They were coming back to me with virtually nothing. They were just about giving me a wholesale price list. They couldn't provide me any information on the product, any sort of transparency. And I noticed it can't really go on like this. We're never going to be able to develop this industry. And that's when I thought of hosting Europe CBD Expo. Not just me, myself, but also the other co-founders. And people were coming to us for everything. They were coming to us for support on how to integrate CBD products into their sales channels. Mm -hmm. And that's how we formed London Canner Group. Right. Back then, it was London CBD Group. Brilliant, brilliant. Okay, cool. Well, I mean, I guess yeah. If you if you start getting into this space and starting to sort of show some interest and expertise, people do start asking you questions. Exactly, and the industry is young, and we were there to support. And me personally, I've I've done business consultancy in the past. I've helped quite a few vape shops open, very successful ones, and. Just from that experience, I adapted it to, to CBD mm-hmm. and people started coming to us for other things, marketing, PR, etc. We started expanding our team. The most important part of us is our team, really. Yeah. Our team really make this possible. They're experts in what they do and that's how we're able to help everyone. Great. Brilliant. Well, thank you, Sal. Final question, which I try and ask everyone is, what did your folks say when you told them that you were moving into cannabis? To be honest, my folks were very, very open. Right. They, they've always supported us in exploring new things, especially when it, when we first started with vaping, it was a little bit taboo. However, as soon as they realized what we're doing is to help people and they realized that, you know, it's about time that the information gets out there and people need to be aware of this, they were fully up for it. That's good. Yeah, and they're, they're fully backing cannabis. My parents use, well, not both my parents, my mom uses CBD. Great. Nearly all my aunts, friends, family. I'm dishing out CBD all over the place. Yeah, yeah. Kids. Well, if you can sell it to them, then you said. I don't even. Right? Yeah, if you can sell it, yeah, you can sell the principle. Obviously, I'm from an Asian family, so we're we're, we're perceived to be more cons- conservative yeah. than than most. But I think that's changing now. Yeah. 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 Great. Cool. Okay. Good. Cool. Okay. Well, thank you, Sal. I really appreciate you taking the time today to thank chat. Thank you for having me. And uh, yeah, I mean, we are we're big fans of the uh, European CBD Expo, and I think we're we're. I'm hoping to do a little 
you know, roving show there when it comes in July. Yep, so we um, look forward to having you. That would be good. Pushing the can- conversation forward. Cool. Great. Thanks, Sal. You're welcome. Okay, thanks for listening to that. Hope you enjoyed it. Some really sound advice there on starting a CBD brand, but also some good advice for for consumers about what to look for as well. And certainly in sales consultancy business, but also in the expo, there's a real emphasis on quality products, as as you can tell from the bits that you talked about testing, etc. As a reminder, the Europe CBD Expo is at London's Excel on the 12th and 13th of July. I'll be providing links if you want to go. It's, I mean, it's really useful event for both businesses around the industry. You'll get to meet lots of other people in the industry. But equally, I think it's really good for consumers too, because there'll be loads and loads of great speakers and panels talking about all kinds of things that are not just purely CBD, but talk about medical cannabis too. So lots to learn. As always, if you're enjoying the show, please subscribe, share, like, do all that stuff. And I will catch you next week. 